This is Hope FM. Well, welcome to another very special edition of uh, Community Now. What have I got in the programme for you today? Coming up on Community Now. Now, I know that many of you like to sing in the bath, in the shower, in all sorts of places. During the pandemic, it was it was pretty much impossible for choirs uh, to, to get together, although they did discover the delights of, of Zoom, um, which required a great deal of editing. Not the same as actually being together. Now, you remember, may you recall that... Uh, Quite a wee while ago now, probably over two years ago, I had the St. Martin's Gospel Choir right here in the studio. I'm delighted to say that they're back. Oh, yes. Uh, in fact, there's hardly any room for me uh, in the studio. I'm going to be talking to Christopher Legrand, who, who leads the work, and indeed some of the choir members about their life uh, and faith. But more importantly, you're going to be able to hear them sing live here in the studio if all the technicalities uh, uh, work, uh, which I'm sure they will. Dan is standing by. Uh, to make sure that everything goes hunky-dory, as they say. Anyway, before we get uh, into talking to uh, to Christopher and then listening to the choir, uh, let's have a, another song from Hillsong United. This is Sure Thing. This is Hope FM. Well, my very special guest uh, today is the St. Martin's Community Gospel Choir. And Christopher Legrand uh, leads the choir. But before we talk a wee bit about the choir, Christopher, I mean, music has been very much a passion of yours uh, all of your life. Uh, how did the journey begin for you? Oh, it began with my parents. My mum played and my dad sang. And in days gone by, uh, we would... Uh, have before the days of television, of course. Gosh, yes, that. I know. Can you all around the piano? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all around the piano. Mum bought herself a grand piano, and uh, she would plonk away at it. And then on a Sunday night, in particular, we would all be round it, uh, singing away. And that's what started it off. And then, uh, when I went to school, I had a music teacher called Miss Trissy Cox, and uh, she liked to put all her pupils in for the Bournemouth music festivals so I learnt with her and I would go down to the festivals and I will admit that I would go into the festival stand on the stage open my mouth and absolutely nothing would come out (laughs) because you were petrified absolutely petrified (laughs) (laughs) our our things have changed (laughs) yes yes you you improve with age don't you (laughs) but there is a difference isn't there I mean most of us would be singing in the bath or the shower or whatever and at the top of our voice and not have a care about who was listening to us you know maybe our family suffering a little bit as as a result you know but it is quite a difference whenever you're performing towards an audience because the adrenaline is there and the knees are shaking but on the other hand of course uh, when you do get into it it's addictive isn't it I, absolutely i love singing um and most of the people on the in the choir here have the same passion uh so it's it's one of those things that once you start doing you keep doing and um it's also extremely good for you health wise uh i run a sing-along because of people who have got memory loss. Uh, that, that helps them with their memory loss. Uh, it helps them with for people with asthma and also with stress and anxiety. And people come in, they look under the weather and they go out an hour and a half later and they're all buoyed up. Uh, unfortunately for people with memory loss, they, well, I say unfortunately, they can't remember what happened a few minutes ago, but they can remember the music and words of years and years back. So they sing away, but of course shortly afterwards, 
the memory's gone again. But for a little while, mm-hmm. their life mm-hmm. is changed. So that's, that's what I think music does for everybody. Even if you can't, you say, I can't sing, I can't sing in tune. Of course you can sing, but you probably just need a little bit of help. Of course, one of the, one of the things that I, I really like about choirs is that, I mean, I suppose there are some who seek perfection, you know. Uh, but, but of course, your choir has never really been about perfection. It's been about people first and foremost. Yeah. And, if they, you know, I, and I guess that people may start off a bit like, no doubt if I was to join the choir, you know, you'd be, you'd be having to coach me every five minutes, you know, Crokey Crawford, you know. But of course, people's con- confidence bills and so on and, and you've you've seen that haven't you oh we've seen that that many many times yes there's no audition for our choir you just come along and muck in and they're a very friendly crowd so anybody can come and they can make a funny noise if they start off with but they soon pick up the music you know uh, but we don't make it complicated as you just said some choirs want perfection we don't want perfection we want uh, enthusiasm and um, uh, fun. Now, we're going to be hearing in a moment or two from the choir themselves as they, as they sing, and some of the folk are going to be sharing uh, you know, their experiences a wee bit about their faith. I should ask you about your faith. I mean, you talked about how your music journey began you know, with your family around the piano. What about your faith? When did, was that also encouraged by your family? Uh, very much so. Uh, when, I first, when I was a little boy... I uh, started at Lans- Lansdowne Baptist and uh, then in 1952, I think it was 52, when the Suez crisis came, uh, Lansdowne Baptist was a bit further away uh, and that was my mum's church. So we moved to Dad's church which was St Andrew's in the square in Bournemouth. Uh, he became an elder, I joined the choir, uh, mum helped run the Sunday school, so it, faith has been in our family all along and as you know my brother is a uh, ordained uh, minister not always though oh not always no he used to be as an estate agent <laughs> 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 he and i had a business yeah. together for many years yeah. uh, but uh, he, uh, yeah, faith has always been in our family and uh, as we moved around we finished up moving from one denomination to another wherever you could get uh, you could get uh, to, to church so yeah. I've been to quite a lot of different churches. Now we're at St. Martin's United Reformed Church in West Moors. Little church, lovely building, warm atmosphere, uh, super people, and uh, a good faith message. Yeah, and of course you, you have people coming together in the St. Martin's Community Choir from different churches, haven't you? Yes, we've got lots of different churches represented in the choir. Mm-hmm. Well, the choir are going to be assembling as, as we speak. So, folk, if you hear a wee bit of noise in, in the background, it's only because we are, we, we are literally having to assemble a choir as, as Christopher and I continue speaking and uh, so that you can hear the sounds of their lovely voices uh, in a moment. But, but, I mean, obviously the, it was difficult, impossible for the choir to be together during the whole of the pandemic. How how did you cope? Because you didn't actually stop singing, did you? No, we moved on to Zoom. Uh, and that's, that has some uh, difficulties to it. Uh, for those of you who've actually tried to sing on Zoom, you'll find that there is a very short gap between what somebody says or sings and what you hear. So if you're listening to music, the music's coming to you, but it's coming to you late from where it was actually presented. Only a, a minuscule period. 
And of course, then you hear lots of people singing away, but none of them are singing at the same time. So <laughs> to learn on Zoom, we had to mute everybody, didn't we? Yes. Uh, which meant they were singing to themselves in their own lounges. And I bet uh, you that sounded a bit odd. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we couldn't hear them, of course, but uh, we knew that they were hearing us and they were therefore able to uh, try and practice on their own. What we didn't know is whether they were doing it right or not. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have, hopefully we're coming out, not completely out of the sausage factory that's covid but things are getting a little bit better um but you've had you've had a public performance haven't you just recently yes we had a well we we had a concert back in uh, uh september uh then we had a, a small concert that uh, five of us did uh, in october and november uh, then we joined with westmore singers uh, for a christmas concert and we've got another one coming up in april called risen uh, Arisen is for Easter, and I'll talk about that a bit later on. A bit later you. on. I think it's about time that we, we have the choir assembled, you'd be pleased to know. Uh, if we push the right buttons here, open up the right microphone, we're going to be, the choir are going to be singing to you, backtracking. So if it sounds a, a wee bit funny on the music side, you'll, you'll know why. So introduce this first piece of music for us, Christopher. Yeah, the first piece that we're singing today is Every Time I Feel the Spirit. Okay, let's... And that is very much a spiritual uh, piece. Let's let's hear it. So, choir, welcome, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing the sound of your lovely voices. That's the St. Martin's Community Gospel Choir there. Uh, just sung every time I uh, feel uh, the spirit. How do you choose, Christopher, your, your repertoire? You know, uh, what the choir sings. Do you, do you decide together or do you decide? And how does it work out? I decide. <laughs> uh, so we know who the boss is, choir. <laughs> no, uh, people put forward ideas. 
And uh, we've got a repertoire of nearly 50 pieces now mm. that we can sing. Fantastic, so yeah. It, uh, and so we can go out and sing to other, at other events. We've sung at uh, civic events, uh, church events, out in the open, uh, put down the Christmas tree lights in Wimborne in the pouring rain. So weddings, bar mitzvahs, the whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't actually been asked to do any weddings or bar mitzvahs yet, have we? No, but you never know. <laughs> no, you, you, no, no, you, you never know. And of course, right at the heart of everything is is people. And I'm looking at the lovely shining faces of all these lovely people in, in the studio. And I guess that every single one of them, I'm going to be talking to some of them uh, as we go through the programme today, but each one is a different story. But what what, what do they say to you? What, what is it that they enjoy? What keeps them coming to the choir? What keeps you coming, folks? <laughs> it's singing. <laughs> singing? Well, that's pretty obvious, yeah, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I think it's the fun uh, and the enjoyment of the music. It's very lively music, gospel music, or most of it is anyway, yes. although it comes from a lot of different periods. Uh, so I think I think it is the liveliness of the music. We're very lucky. We've got uh, Italian uh, leaders uh, who... That's Francesco. Francesco and Daniela. And, Daniela. and uh, they rewrite some of our music, don't they? <laughs> 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 uh, on a regular basis uh, to make it more suitable for the sort of voices that we've got and uh, to make it more fun. Now, obviously, I suppose one of the things, one of the very important things is relationships, isn't it? Because the thing that we were starved of during the whole pandemic was being able to get together, to see people one-on-one. And I guess, again, if I was to talk to everybody, they would have their own stories to tell about how they they coped. But when it became very evident that, that COVID was not completely disappearing, but it, it was going to make it possible for us to get together. You must have had some really happy people on the end of the phone saying, Christopher, when can we get together? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, we, we carried on on, the, on Zoom, but yeah. it, it was OK. But it wasn't Not ideal. the same, though. It wasn't the same by any means. And yes, uh, people were saying, how soon can we restart? Well, uh, let's, uh, let's get Maggie. Where's Maggie? So, yeah, Maggie, if you want to just take that microphone there. We're just having a bit of logistics here. Perfect. So like, give Maggie a chance to sit down. So Maggie, uh, just pull that microphone a wee bit closer to you there. That's perfect. So tell us a wee bit about uh, how did you come to get involved with the choir? Well, I'm a member and an elder at St Martin's Church. And when Christopher first suggested about starting up a gospel choir, I just thought, oh, well, what an opportunity to sing and to sing gospel music and to share our faith with other people when we go round and, and do different events. Because, as you know, all our gospel music is well, co- on Jesus Christ as being our saviour. Now, before you actually started to sing in the choir, were you one of those people who, like myself, would be singing in the in the shower, in the bath, all of that sort of thing? Has music been important to you? Music's always been important. In our family, the radio was always on. And if you were to say, Maggie, would you watch TV or listen to music? It would be listen to music every time, every time. Now, aside from the music, uh, why? Why? I mean, you, obviously, you've got a load of friends here in the studio. W- what has been important to you apart from just being able to sing together? I think it's just the fellowship as well as we as we journey. 
as we journey through our life together. It's great to meet new friends and make new friends and to be part of something that is very worthwhile in our lives. Now, I've asked uh, Christopher about his faith journey and uh, what about yourself? When did it all start? I mean, I can tell that you're a Celt. (laughs) <laughs> you, you've got you've got that lovely you know uh, lovely Scottish accent. Thank you, know. you Blair. Because there's a lot of confusion, isn't there, between what's Scottish and what's Irish and whatever. But yeah, so, and my name's Larkin, by the way. My oh, well, surname. Uh, say no more. <laughs> <laughs> but how did how did the faith journey begin for you, Maggie? Well, I was brought up as a child in the Gorbals in Glasgow, and the church was right across the road. So right in the thick of of, of community life. Yeah. And that was where I went, across to the church on the Brownies, the Sunday school. But the one thing that I really loved was the Band of Hope on a Tuesday night. Because people came to that that didn't actually come to church on a Sunday. Big families came and we'd hear about all the missionaries' work and we would sing all the choruses. And I just loved that so much. And of course, things that you you said you were an elder now. So for yes. for people who have no idea, that doesn't mean that you're 105, does it? Uh, <laughs> and, and going strong. Uh, I was ordained as an elder in 1992 in the Church of Scotland. So and then when I came down here to live seven years ago and joined St Martin's, um, I became an elder down in the U United Reformed Church. So tell us a wee bit. What what is an elder? An elder makes decisions in the church um, for for the rest of the congregation and then we put it to them. But an elder also has quite a big role spiritually also in making decisions. You've got to, it's not just for you, it's it's service to the Lord Jesus. It's an act of service. It's not an honour in any way for you as a person. It's all about service. Eldership is pure service to others. Now, obviously, you've been an elder for a wee while and yeah. you've seen things change. I mean, I don't know whether you... Because I was brought up in a Presbyterian church in, in Ireland, which, of course, would be the equivalent of you are. Yeah. See, and when I was a boy, we had 500 young people in our Sunday school, you know. I don't know whether you can remember way, way back in those early days in Scotland. Of course, church going was was very important. Certainly it was in, in Ireland and no doubt in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And when we moved to another part of Glasgow, um, my dad used to say, he was well taking your bed down there on a Sunday, you know, because you were at church in the morning. Then I was a Sunday school teacher. And then you were at church in the evening and you were at Bible class or at youth fellowship. And it was a big part of your life. And also, I was a Tonyell in the Brownies. So, you know, during the week you were involved with things too. It was a main part of my life, very much so. Did they ever talk to you about that Sunday being a day of rest? I could never quite work that out. Because <laughs> <laughs> for me, I was in the BB, the boys' brigade, you know. But, but Sunday for me was like Bible class, you know. Well, that, well, that was 8 o'clock, you know, we went along. And then there was church afterwards. Then there was Sunday school after that. And then there was church in, in the evening, you know. And I was exhausted. <laughs> but but that's where your friends were too. And that was a big part of, that was your social life. Your whole church was your whole social life. Life then uh, when you were growing up in, in the 
well, the early 60s. And it was actually because, I mean, uh, people say, you know, I, I'm not very religious, you know. And I say, do you listen to Hope FM? Oh, I'm not very religious. And I said, well, I'm not very religious either, you know. I, you know, because there is a difference between religion and faith, isn't there? There's, there's one, it's about a form of how we worship, isn't it? But the other is about a living faith and a joy and a hope and so on. Someone once said to me, um, I'm not very religious, Maggie, but I'm very spiritual. And I think that sort of encapsulates, you know, everything together because you can be very spiritual and still belong to a church. But it's not all about religion as such because sometimes people have suffered in the past through that, but they, they can still have their faith and their spirituality. And I think that's really important to understand. And I suppose the other thing is that people who join the choir, I mean, you don't start off, uh, Christopher, saying, OK, you know, how many times do you go to church? <laughs> Three times on a Sunday, and uh, tell us a little bit, you know, of your. Uh, uh, you, you, you certainly, the starting point is, is people's heart for music, and then I guess that everybody grows spiritually as you go along. You do. You're absolutely right. Mm. Shall we have another another song? That's a very good idea. So, what's this one you're going to you're going to we sing? We are now going to sing. Uh, praise him on the trumpet. Oh, 
the St. Martin's Community Gospel Choir. We'll give the choir a little bit of a rest and we'll ha- hear from our sponsors and then I'll connect with the, with Adrian Down and Keith Jones who'll tell us a wee bit about the, the latest books and music. This is Hope FM. Uh, now, the St. Martin's Community Gospel Choir are my very special guests on the programme today. You've already he- heard them singing. You're going to be hearing them sing a bit more. And in a moment, too, we're going to be hearing a duet from, uh, from uh, Christopher and indeed from Diane. Good morning to you, Diane. Good morning. I'm sorry that there's a bit of a barrier here between us. I, I've got a screen in front of me for those of you who are listening. Uh, you can't see into the studio, but Diane can just see the top of my head, just can't about, you? Yes. So, Diane, um, uh, what was it, what was the faith journey like for you? How did how did you become a Christian? Well, um, I became a Christian when I was about 14. Um, I was te- I was asked to go to the the youth club at the local Baptist church by school friends who obviously already went there um, and I went and it that's where it started really um, I enjoyed the youth club on a Saturday night and then they asked me if I'd go to church the next day and uh, you know eventually which I did and um, yes it wasn't long actually before I decided that um, I wanted to become a Christian and I I gave my heart to Jesus the rest the rest is, is, is history is history yes. yeah has have I mean obviously Christians are not promised an easy life you know when, Oh, no. And whatever, and I guess you've had your ups and downs. Yes. But if you were if you were talking to somebody, you know, about your faith journey, well, what would you, what would you be saying to them? What should they expect in in terms of their Christian life? Um. Well, really, as you say, it's not an easy. It's not. It doesn't make it easy just because you're a Christian. But the fact that you've got Jesus in your life and and God on your side, um, and you know that you can rely on on them um, makes all the difference in your life and you know that you can always um, trust and and have peace and yeah. strength. And of course, that's a promise because although God doesn't promise a, an easy life, in fact, He does say there'll be bumps in the road. You yes, know, you will have tribulation and so on. Uh, but but He also promises to be with us always. Absolutely, yes. Has singing always been important to you? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> um, I actually started public singing when I was about twelve. Um, we I lived in Luton at the. I was brought up in Luton in Bedfordshire, and I joined the Luton Girls choir which probably these days a lot of people haven't heard of but um, those of a certain age will have done and um, it was a world famous choir in its time it was um, actually um, started in 1936 and it disbanded in 1976 so you can tell how long ago that was Um, but I started when I was 12. I mean we have talked about you know being part of a choir well you're part of a community it's a sense of belonging isn't it? Yes, uh, but what have been what have been the milestones for you in terms of you know being part of of a bigger group? And I guess did that include doing doing solos and duets as you're going to yes. be doing in a moment? Yes, it did. Yes, I I was um, I was allowed to do solos when I was about well, fourteen, um, and we sang all over the place, and it was it was brilliant. Um, but. Um, yeah, I've been in various uh, groups. As I say, the, the, the Luton Girls Choir disbanded all those years ago. Um, but since then, of course, I've, I've been in groups and choirs all those years. Um, and for the last 20-odd years, I've been in the Westmore Singers. Um, and um, that's, that's, been, that's been good. And that's how I met the St Martin's Singers as well, because we practice at the, uh, on their premises so we we became friends, and that's how I got involved. Now, obviously, uh, 
people don't need it, don't need me to sort of uh, stress what difficult and challenging it's been over the last two years. Mm. Uh, how did you how did you cope during the pandemic? Was it, was your singing a bit of a stay and a help to you? Yes. Um, the Westmore Singers, um, we, di- we didn't do anything, but of course the St Martins did. We kept going on Zoom, which was marvellous because, um, as Christopher said, it's not ideal, but it keeps you together and it keeps you connected. Yeah, because you get a um, bit of an echo on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you, do, you do have to mute yourselves when, when you're singing together because uh, there's that time delay. But um, it was just good to, to be able to meet every week and, and to sort of exercise your voice. And uh, and just see everybody and have a chat. Well, I think it's about time that we had another song, don't you think so, Christopher? Think uh, so, do you want to introduce this? It's going to be a duet, isn't it, with with you and Diane? Yeah, it's called "Lord, Listen to Your Children Praying." Okay, I'm going to have to stand up for this one. Yeah, so we're just so moving things move, around move in the studio. Friends. Just get things a bit ready. You'd be pleased to know, folks, that that, that my voice is not one of the ones, uh, you know, with the choir. You know, Crokey Crawford is remaining silent. Uh, so it's over to you, uh, Christopher and uh, and Diane. Lord, listen to your children pray. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us grace. Lord, listen to your children praying. Spirit in this place. 
Send us love, send us help, send us grace. Send us love, send us help, send us grace. Well, that's a wonderful duet there from Christopher and Diane. Lord, listen to your children praying. We'll hear from our sponsors and come back with some more speech and a lot more music. This is Hope FM. Well, my very special uh, guests today are the St. Martin's Community uh, Gospel Choir. It's a joy to have them here in the studio. And I've now got uh, Benita to come and uh, chat with me. Uh, uh, good morning to you, Benita. Good morning, Claire. So, Benita, tell me a wee bit about, well, f- we'll start with your faith journey this time. How, how did it begin uh, for you? How did you become a Christian? Well, I was brought up in a Christian home and I really didn't know anything different. My parents went to church, my mum... My grandfather, he was a Methodist, he went to church, and Sundays were Sundays. We had to respect Sundays, and we went to Sunday school, um, two services a, a day, and a Sunday school, and that was part of our normal life. So you were very much like me, really, that on the, the day of rest was a day full of activity exactly, for you. Exactly, yes, <laughs> yes. Now, I don't know whether you're the same as me, Benita, but, you know, sometimes that you don't sort of realise that what is actually going in, you know, in terms of really good uh, biblical teaching and so on. And as, you, as we go on in life, we realise just how much has remained with us. Have you found that, 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 that those foundational years have made a big difference to your life going I forward? I think when you're at Sunday school, you, you don't think you're taking it all in, but as you grow through the years, you realise what you've learnt at Sunday school and that learnt at church. And I think the grounding is from your home and your background and church. Yeah, and of course, uh, now obviously church remained then a very important part uh, yes. uh, of, your, of your life all the way through. What about music then? Were you, were you keen on that from the beginning? Yes, I, my brother was... Only nine, and he used to play the organ at Three Legged Cross URC. I used to do solos there quite young and turn the pages of his music over. And then I used to play the violin in an orchestra. And yes, and then when I got married, my husband was a major in the Third Royal Tank Regiment and he was in the bar master there. So, yes, I'm very, it was music all the time, really. So, music was a very much a part yes. of you. I, I guess, have you seen that movie, The Military Wives? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, were you one of those? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now, obviously, uh, you're, you're very much part of St. Martin's uh, choir now. Uh, have you been encouraged the way things have been? Because the choir have remained singing, albeit on Zoom throughout the lockdown period. And um, well, Without the choir, when it was lockdown, I mean, I've been friends with Christopher for years because I actually run Three Legged Cross URC and I've always been in touch and very close with Christopher. And when we started the choir 2017, um, I joined and through lockdown, I had health issues, which I have. And I couldn't go out at all for two years. I didn't go out. So you would have been totally isolated then? I was, yes. But having Christopher there... On the on the choir, it was absolutely brilliant, and that was a highlight of the week. Actually, very very good. Mm. And it, what would you say would be? I mean, what difference did it really make? I mean, apart from the singing, the singing, the singing is obviously it's clear the benefits that come from that. But we have been talking and stressing a lot about relationships with people, and I guess that one of the things that's become evident to me talking to you through the program and other choir members is just how important you know friendship and relationship has been and is. 
Very much so. The choir is a very happy um, Christian love there. You can actually feel the love of Christianity when you're singing. And my daughter said she came and listened to the, the concert and she's actually done training in you know, the church, and she said it actually was absolutely, you could feel the love of the Lord coming out in the singing. Now, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of people who come to your concerts may not themselves profess to be to be Christian and so on. Have you been encouraged, really, with, with the fact that people do come to hear you sing and, and also the reactions from folk uh, when, when they hear your lovely voices? They seem to enjoy it and they seem to come back for more. So that's quite a... So you must be doing something uh, yeah, right must then. must be something going on, all right. <laughs> now, Christopher hasn't pushed you like a, a Diane to do uh, singing on your own solo or anything like that. Have you done any of that? Um, not in this choir, but I used to do solos, yes. Oh, he's listening to you now. You better be careful. He, he'll be thrusting you forward. You know. uh, I, I'll not say, and now for the first time on Radio Benita, we'll be giving us a little song. <laughs> well, i tell you what, why don't we ask the rest of the choir to join with you and, uh, and, and, and give us another, another song. Which one are we going to go for uh, uh, this time, Christopher? We're going to go for our version of The Rivers of Babylon. I won't say our version, it's because Francesco and Daniela have been doing a little bit of changing. Okay, so Boney M, eat your heart out. Yes. Yes. Because yes. this is... Not quite Boney M today. <laughs> no. St. Martin's Boney M. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's go for it. Well, as the choir uh, get assembled, I was just saying to you about, about computers and all of that, because yesterday on the breakfast show, I've got lots of buttons and things to push, and I was pushing my buttons, and uh, yesterday... They, uh, nothing happened. The computer just froze. So when you had a little bit of technical trouble with your... My heart was with you, you know, yeah. because then you have to ad-lib. But anyway, are, are, is your button working now? My button's working. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Those are, now, don't be laughing, you people at home. You know, if something goes wrong, we expect you all to be praying, you know, for deliverance. <laughs> Remember Zion Go 
us away captivity required from us a song. How can we sing King of our song in a strange land? Cause the wicked carried us away captivity required from us a song. How can we sing King of our song in a strange land? As of course, by the rivers of Babylon, uh, the St. Martin's Community Gospel Choir, a style and a very fine style uh, it was too. Christopher, before I come and talk to, uh, to Peter, uh, just a, a word, because it was something I was reading actually it inspired me. And obviously we've all been very conscious of what's happening in, in Ukraine at the moment. And I don't know whether the choir have maybe thought about doing something you know, uh, in terms of support of Ukraine. But w- w- when you're singing in present worship, actually, uh, in took me back to uh, Chronicles and I don't know whether you know the story of Jehoshaphat um, to, to a long story short he was he was responsible for the southern kingdom of, of Israel and after King Solomon who was who was a really brilliant king uh, but started well but finished quite badly uh, the kingdom of Israel divided into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom but uh, then Jehoshaphat who was a godly king he heard that all of the surrounding armies in the countries had joined together to come to wipe him out uh, and the country wouldn't have survived you know so uh, they went to, to prayer and and fasting and uh, and a word from the lord came by another gentleman who said you will not have to fight this battle well the the day of the battle came and uh, god said to Jerob, you know to jehoshaphat set your armies forward but guess who they put right in the front line the worship leaders. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, the choir. So choir, uh, you know, fancy yourselves going out on the battlefield. Now, the minute that they started to sing, this is a biblical record, the minute that the choir started to sing, the army got totally confused and they consumed themselves and the people of Israel were were delivered. I say all of that because it seems to me that prayers and worship and music has always been right at the centre, hasn't it, been of, of our relationship uh, with God. And, and I guess that when you sing out of a full, I mean, talking to some of the lovely people uh, on the choir thus far, and we're going to talk to Peter in a moment, it's very evident that people are singing because of a very firm faith, faith that they believe in. But, but prayers and worship is, is very, very important, isn't it? Oh, it is absolutely, uh, particularly, well, all the time, but just at the moment, praise and worship is something that we need to keep up all the time um, for the people of Ukraine, uh, if, if for nobody else. But you look at the world over the last few years, there have been so many issues that we need to pray about. And we can pray by praying quietly to ourselves we can pray by praying out loud we can pray by singing and a lot of the songs that we sing are prayers in a way and of course that you know in terms of uh, ukraine the people of ukraine 85 percent of them uh, uh were regularly going to worship yes. and it's been very moving actually because i noticed that the bbc and indeed itv have actually been talking about faith and worship you know in ukraine but 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 actually praise and worship has been right at, at the center even even the little girl who sang uh, you know that that lovely song i've forgotten what it was called uh, let it go let it go yeah that's yes, what that's what but i mean obviously she was singing in, in in a bomb shelter effectively underground uh, and uh, and people were joining in and, and listening but I, I, again I've watched people pray and uh, and I've heard people giving testimony of the fact that they believe that God is with them uh, I, I talked about these these bumps in the road but you you must have seen that you know the the healing that prayers and worship and singing can bring uh, to people it has i think right at the beginning of the interview today you you said that didn't you that there's a sort of healing balm that comes whenever you turn your attention to prayers and worship oh i, I quite agree yes um, you can uh, you can quietly put yourself away Take, get away from the whole of the world and all its problems and just be quiet and, re- and think to yourself. You don't have to say anything. You don't, don't have to sing anything. You can just be there. And I've tried this many, many times. And I can assure you, it is so relieving of the tensions around you. And you could think clearly god is telling you what he wants you to know mm. uh, but you have to be quiet and, and wait for him to tell you and of course that song that you just sung by the waters of babylon i mean that was sung when the, never the children of israel were in captivity in yes. babylon mm. and then they remembered her in the past probably events like jehoshaphat mm. how they were delivered so so god has often used music hasn't he in fact was it the levites who 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 had the they actually praise God night and day, you know. Oh yes. So choir, you've got you've got some time to go, you know, twenty four hours a day singing here on Hope FM. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Peter, I, I, uh, one thing I would say, Blair, is if we thought that the Russians would stop uh, attacking uh, Ukraine, we'd go out there and stand in a row in front of them 
but unfortunately we don't have quite that level of confidence no and, and I suppose you also need to have that word from the Lord not the word from Blair I guess but, 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 but nevertheless it's, it's incredible isn't it that in the middle of everything that the people of Ukraine are going through that they are still praying they're still worshipping uh, God yes. uh, and of course we're all w- witnessing the tremendous courage that they're demonstrating you know in going out to meet I mean, even the elderly people have been having words with the Russian soldiers. And I felt sorry for the soldiers, actually, because they don't really want to be there. They you know, don't want to be there. Yeah. Peter, changing the tack completely. Well, welcome. And obviously you're, you're part of, of the choir. Uh, yes. So how did you come to join? Uh, um, you joined the Zoom I, uh, concert, didn't I, you? I, yes, I, I joined the Zoom concert. Um, I was a, a was at one time a member of the the Westmore Singers, and uh, so like, like Diane, current, yeah. yeah, and currently I am again, and I was invited to join, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so uh, so I did. Was it a bit like a lifeline to you through the through the challenges? Sing, of singing uh, certainly was. One of my lifelines. My other was uh, the model town at Wimborne, uh, and uh, ah, I, see, I sense a passion. So, what do you do there? <laughs> uh, I help look after the model railway. <laughs> so, have you got a passion for railways as opposed to model villages? Yeah. Yes. Yes. The, the the it's it's directed more at the model railway because it's a full time, well, almost a full time occupation keeping it running. There's five of us do it. Uh, we work as a team. We can't take it home with us, so we have to go there and do it even during lockdown. So when we were allowed to do that, we did and uh, uh, built new, build new bits to go on it and change it. And uh, uh, we've currently coming to the end of the changes that we've got for this new season coming at the end of the month. Uh, is it back open again? The exhibition. Sorry, is it back open? The model villages. It? it will it, it, at the end of at the end of the month, uh, beginning of April. I think it's third of April they open. And I suppose that I mean, in both, the, you know, you work at the model village and particularly on the on the model yeah. railway, you're rubbing shoulders with people all the time. We're meeting different people from all over the country and from abroad, all with different experiences. Uh, of of railways and the idea of our layout was to trigger memories for people of our age and uh, also to grab the interest of the youngsters and uh, it is quite popular. I mean, we were we were talking about how singing and and no doubt you know model railways and all those sorts of yes. things is very much were a part of our lives. But it, it is a healing thing, isn't it? Because you're doing something yes. that you have a and it triggers memories from the past, as you say. Yes, yes, it is very much. It, it takes you out away from your problems, and you can concentrate on different aspects of life. Uh, you know, you look at railways, electronics, architecture, um, engineering, and similarly with music, you can you can go onto YouTube and you can religious music, gospel music, uh, uh, the all, all the different forms, country and western, etc. Uh, anything that takes your fancy is there in the way of music, and you can follow it. Um, there was a, a group from uh, the Welsh of the West End, 
uh, got together on uh, and did various different um, songs from uh, different shows, and you go right across the spectrum. I don't know whether you have any Welsh members in the choir, you know, because whenever I think of great choirs, I. It, my, my mind goes back to the land of Wales, you know, the land yeah. of my fathers, you know. I yeah. can see there is somebody from Wales, is there? Oh, <laughs> representative, we have to come and have a chat. Uh, but, uh, but, well, my, but my mother was born in Wales. Yeah. So. <laughs> but those 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 male voice choirs, you know, and but not just the male yeah. voice choirs, but the choir, the singing and choirs have been part and parcel of the culture of Wales, isn't it? Yes. Uh, uh, So how how important has music been to you, Peter, in in developing of your faith? Well, I must admit, every morning when I get up and go in the bathroom, I... uh, Burst forth. I do do sing a certain certain song which gives me a a degree of um, uplift. Are you going to tell us what that song is? I don't. I won't ask you to sing it. You're all right. Well, I won't say it. Yes. Um, um, what's it called? Um, it's. Mm. It's that one. It's yeah, that it's one. that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. I yeah. Mean, I'll tell you is that one of the things that really moved me, and I, I guess quite a lot of us. You've heard the the blessing, haven't you? Yes. And uh, in fact, we have a Ukrainian version uh, of the blessing. But but one of one of the, the the things that really impressed me was here were all of the churches uh, of different denominations, different people using Zoom, <laughs> and actually uh, uh, you know getting together to sing that lovely uh, blessing song, which of course became very very precious to many people. I don't think you've had a go at uh, doing that one yet, Christopher. Have you? No. Yeah. Oh, there's one. There's a, there's a, a challenge for, the, for you. For the <clears throat> well, shall we have our next piece of music? We want to yeah. tell us what it's going to be. Well, the next next piece of music is Oh Happy Day, and we hope that we're all going to have a very happy day. Well, we're having a happy day at the moment. So. Well, you so smiles a, on your faces. Yes. <laughs> Oh, happy day, he taught me how. 
Well, there's a song that we're very familiar with, Oh, Oh, Happy Day. Well, we'll give the choir a little bit of a rest and I'll play a song from Lyndall uh, Cooley. I had the privilege of, uh, of meeting uh, Lyndall when I went uh, to the States and he, he sung a song which actually uh, really touched me in my spirit. Worship music has a way, really, of lifting the spirit. This song is just simply called, I Need You More. This is Hope FM. Uh, well, if you've just joined us, uh, well, where have you been? Because we've been, been, been uh, having the St. Martin's Community Gospel Choir here in, in the studio and benefiting from quite a lot of their, their, their life stories and testimonies and more importantly, of course, uh, from the singing. And, and Maggie, a wee bit earlier on, was just sharing her. She was brought up in a Christian home, of course. In, it was Which part of Scotland was it, Maggie? Well, first of all, it was the Garbles, and then we moved to Peterson Park, which is near Knightswood in Glasgow. Mm. And I mean, when you think of the Garbles, you're right in the thick of it. We, we were, we, we were, and then they were taking the tenements down that we lived in, and we got a brand new build, which was lovely. I was just at turning nine when we moved there. I mean, so right, right the way through your life from being a young girl, you know, faith and music have been the cornerstones, haven't they? Very much so. But there was a time where I fell out with God. And I think sometimes that happens to most of us, depending on what's going on in our life. And I came back in a much stronger way. And the Iona community had a big part in that because I managed to go on a visit in 1987. And that really brought a lot of reconciliation um, in my life, in my faith, um, and brought me really back into the fold in a huge way in my life. And I found then, from then, there was no turning back. Because I find once you've given your life to Jesus, which I had done when I was 14, he never lets go. The Holy Spirit abides in you. No matter what comes your way, it, God is always with you, but you don't always recognise that. And actually, God is big enough, isn't he, for us sometimes to, to get angry with him. He and is. Uh, and uh, for, for, so, Tell us a wee bit more about that. What, what was it? I mean, you don't have to go into the, the every detail, but, but what was it? The, I ask you the question because there, there will be many people listening to the programme who may themselves be in a, in, in a place yeah. at the moment where, where maybe they... They were walking with God, but for whatever reason, you know, they got disillusioned or, or Yeah, or well, I always felt that that God protected, as it says in Old Testament, every hair in your, on your head and was always with you. But I, I hit a real time of trial in, in my first marriage, and I don't mind saying that, and then ha- had to leave that relationship. And I wasn't in a good way when I left because of the way I'd been treated and I just fell out with God over it because I felt he should have protected me. But it took me a number of years to realise that that was my decision. I had made a wrong choice in my life. And God is, God lets us make our own choices. We're not robots, so we'd all be the same and we're all so unique and we're all so different. And God has made us that way. And how we understand things is different too. And I had to accept that that was my mistake. And And when I was in that deep pit of despair, 
God was always there, I turned my back in him, but he was always there at my shoulder. And it took a number of years for me to realise that. And of course, it's not uncommon for people to think, particularly if they've gone through divorce or they've gone through some very difficult situations, that they think they've divorced God. Or how many times have we heard, oh, I'm, I'm too bad, I, God could never accept me. Mm-hmm. When in fact, his love never really alters, does it? It never alters and it comes back stronger and stronger. And I found myself growing more and more in my faith, so much so that I took a course in the early 90s after I became an elder that led me into covering it you know, the minister's holidays at our church, that six Sundays a year I would take the service. I was asked to take services in other churches in Glasgow and Drum Chapel at St Mark's. And I grew and grew and went back to Iona community many times, became an associate member with the Iona community, which I still am, and just how much that helped me being with people who, who felt like I felt in their faith Although we are all different and we don't all feel the same about things, it's great to be with like-minded people in your life. Have you found that even through the, the challenges and the tough times, including the time that you know you, you were distant from God, that that's really helped you? Because as an elder, you know, you're, you're working alongside people all of the time. The, the pastoral need for encouragement and support and uh, is, is ever-present. But have you been able to draw on the fact that, that you know that because God brought you through you everybody of course is different but but God often prepares us doesn't it for the future that only he sees but you don't know that at the time and it's only in hindsight you see where God has been working all the time in your life and when I came down to live down in Dorset and I, I thought God was saying, have a rest, Maggie. But no, he wasn't at all. And I couldn't believe it when I started training again and took more courses and ended up becoming the Assembly Accredited Lay Preacher. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. I love sharing my faith with other people. I love meeting people and going to the different churches in the Synod that I've been very blessed to go to. And I thank God every day for that in my life. Mm. And of course, uh, we did do you find it a bit scary when, when you did the you did the lay preachers course, didn't you? Uh, what was that like? Was it? Uh, did they? It was challenging. <laughs> put you through your paces, did they? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. Um, I had to spend a year at another church. I had a placement um, with Trinity and Church in Ringwood, and um, it was it was really great. But I was back there recently, and they said they could see how much my confidence had grown in my preaching so so that was nice to hear so it was so when you do you know sit down to prepare a sermon and, and you know before you know before a congregation i mean what what what's what do you enjoy most uh, about it is it is it the preparation or it, it's the study and learning i'm learning all the time and it, it's the study for the the part i'm going to preach about and following the lectionary most times but it's all that study and then it's choosing the hymns that fit in with what you're going to say and just knowing that when you go to see the people that you're going to bring hopefully light into the darkness because in this world there's so much darkness and I, I think we've really got to let our light shine 
I mean, this might be a difficult one for you, but uh, I was reading a, a letter that somebody had sent uh, to a, a local newspaper, you know, and uh, and what they'd actually said in that letter was, how could you possibly believe uh, in a God who lets the sort of suffering and uh, and the stuff that we've been seeing on our televisions happen in Ukraine? And uh, I thought that the reply was, was, was very well balanced. But if somebody had sent that letter... To you. I'm putting you on the spot now. Uh, if if they sent that letter to you, what what do you think you would? How would you have responded to it? I would say that that is man's doing, and there's a lot of evil in the world, and we have to recognise that evil. But God is a God of love, and look how He sent His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to come into our world to show us the way to Him, our Father God, and the suffering that Jesus went through Himself. So God is no stranger to the suffering and it's man that causes that, well, humankind, it's humankind that causes that. And of course, I suppose that that whereas even in our own country there had been a strong church-going tradition, you know, it used to be like on a Sunday you couldn't get a seat uh, uh, and and whatever. Times have changed quite a bit. But it's very interesting that when things go pear-shaped, the first the first being to get blamed is God himself. You know, when, as you say, a lot of these issues are caused because we, well, we really don't honour God. But do you think that through all the troubles that we're seeing in our own country and, and what we're seeing abroad, and even the dreaded threat of, dare I say it, nuclear yeah. uh, weapons and so on, do you think that God's using that in, in, a, in a positive way to draw us closer, nearer, back to himself? Well, that's a strange one, Blair. I feel God is in it all, and we keep praying and praying hard that peace will come. It's true, of course, that, that, that in the Bible we read that, that you know we, there will be wars and rumours of wars, wars. And, and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, and, of course, wars are no, you know, they're, they're not new because, you know, they were happening all the way through the Scriptures. I mean, Jehoshaphat, you heard me saying about, uh, but there were many, many other wars. And even, even, you know, bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt to the Promised Land was not an easy journey. And there was lots and lots of, of, of battles. Uh, uh, there, but of course, uh, it seemed to me. Well, certainly reading the scriptures, it was when people honoured God, and even you know when God did some uh, amazing miracles, the people still went astray, didn't they? They did. Um, uh, I apply this to myself really because I often think I I can't really point the finger at anybody, you know, because and I suppose it's true of all of us as Christians that because we've been forgiven so much. I mean, you talked about going through your dark time uh, but I suppose you also discovered that in God you have a God of love and the God of amazing restoration you you proved that through your own life haven't you yes I have very much so but I had to come to terms with that because you have to face up to your own actions in your life take responsibility that's it yeah well I think that brings us to uh, another song and uh, Christopher what have we got traditional spiritual uh, wade in the water okay wade in the water excellent so we'll let the choir just get in position which they are move a few microphones around and now it's doing it to you it's going again
That was Wade in the Water there, uh, some, uh, some, uh, the wonderful choir, St Martin's Community uh, Choir. Well, it's time to uh, bring things uh, uh, together now. Uh, Christopher, obviously when you would come uh, into the studio here and uh, you've been a very much a regular part of Hope FM and bringing our thoughts for the day and associating that with, with music, and it's great that, uh, to hear the fruit of your labour with, with the choir. Uh, this is your opportunity to, uh, to do a bit of Unashamed publicity. Yeah. So, so if you if you've been listening to the program this morning and you want to join the choir, how do they do that? Uh, if you want to join the choir, if you go on the website St Martin's United Reformed Church website, which is www.urc-easterdorset.org.uk. Sorry, it's so long. Uh, web, uh, websites are getting longer, aren't they? Uh, anyway, you go on there and you click on the Gospel Choir button. It'll give you access to an email possibility to talk to us or a telephone number. Now, if we were doing an addition for anybody listening, um, what what are you looking for in the average person? Now, do they do they have to be experienced singers? We're looking for Mr. Average, Mrs. Average, Miss Average, so Dan and here. Master Average. Yeah, Dan, Dan. yeah, yeah. We, we, there's no uh, there's no um, audition. Uh, you don't have to have experience in singing. You just have to have a desire to do it, 
and to sing this type of music because it's some of it's actually pop but not all pop uh, but it's all faith music it's always got a faith background to it of some description so as long as you're happy with that then we're happy to see you absolutely so uh, so you don't have to you don't have it all together you just come along and, yeah. uh, and 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 of course it's it's very much part of a community because you're always working to something aren't you and right at the beginning of the program you 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 said that uh, that your next major project is it Easter itself? Tell us about that. Yep. It's on Friday the 8th of April at 7.30 in the evening. And it's called Risen. And it's a concert for Easter. Uh, Risen is a new piece written by Shauna Edwards, all for Easter. She writes some beautiful music for special uh, religious occasions. And that's why we called it Risen. But it's a lot of the music that we have been practicing. There's quite a lot of Easter music in, but it's not all Easter. Uh, there's uh, some uh, solos, some duets, uh, and the choir is singing. And Francesco and Daniela are going to be playing as well, uh, because da- Daniela's a superb saxophonist. Uh, and uh, Francesco is an excellent uh, pianist, as you've probably heard uh, from the accompaniments that we've got with us today. He couldn't be here today because he's at work, uh, but we were pleased that he was able to help us with these recordings so that we could sing for you today. The last time we came in, we brought the keyboard with us, and that filled the studio even more than uh, the choir did. So uh, this time we've got a little bit more room. Well, thank you so much uh, to all of you, actually, for uh, for coming uh, to the studio here at Hope FM. It's been a blessing. And uh, you have one more song uh, to take us out. And just give us that, that website address that yes. before you do that. www.urc-eastdorset, all one word, dot org. Dot UK. And details of the choir and indeed the upcoming concert are on there. Yeah, you, there's a button for the choir and there's a button for the concert. If you want to come to the concert, you can book, you can reserve your tickets online or you can buy them from Brewer and Brewer, the estate agents opposite our church. Uh, or you can contact me by email and I'll keep them for you. So, But just now, one more song and what's it to be? Put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water. Excellent. Put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water. Take a look at 
And you can look at others differently By putting your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee Mama taught me how to pray for a rich GA or servant And when I'm down on my knees, that's when I'm close to heaven So put your hand in the hand of the man uh, who, what was the word? Still the waters. Still the waters, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, choir, for uh, being such a wonderful guest uh, throughout the last two hours of uh, the programme. But sadly, we have come to an end, but not before I uh, reiterate my thanks. And also to Dan, uh, because behind the scenes here, uh, Dan, our technical man, has been, uh, he does everything here on Hope FM, presents, uh, uh, pushes buttons left, right and centre and whatever. And uh, he's done a marvellous job in keeping everything uh, going this morning and um, and just to say uh, also that you heard me talking about the Ukraine blessing and I thought that it would be a very appropriate um, morning because prayers and worship is so important uh, and God loves to hear the sound of, of our voices sing a joyful noise uh, unto the Lord so here is the blessing sung by the lovely folk in Ukraine goodbye this is Hope FM